Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. I have this thing that I said, no matter how bad you feel, you don't have to look sick. You always have to look fabulous. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna Jaworski and the host of your program. For those of you who do not know me, I am the mother to Alexander, who was born with a single ventricle heart. He's had the Fontan twice, and he's 26 years old as of August 2020. He is my inspiration and the reason I do this program. Today's program is called Heart Warrior from Venezuela to the USA, and our guest is Belen Blanton. Bella Blanton was born with tricuspid atresia in Caracas, Venezuela back in 1965. When she was born, many doctors told her mom that she was not going to make it. Fortunately, her mother took her to a cardiologist that had contact with Houston Children's Hospital in Texas, where she had surgery, which was a pot shunt procedure performed by the legendary Dr. Denton Cooley. From age 15, she began to experience complications, including arrhythmia. When she was 21, she moved to the United States, and from age 30, she experienced atrial fibrillation and endocarditis, as well as Eisenmenger syndrome and pulmonary hypertension. She is married, has two sons, and has recently started a charity to help those living in her home country of Venezuela. She considers living with congenital heart disease a challenge, but she is happy and thankful for her life. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna Bellin. Hello, Anna. I'm very happy to be here. Well, I am happy to have you here, Belen. Let's start talking about you being born in Venezuela. Your poor mother. Did she know right away that you needed help? Like you mentioned in my biography, I was born in 1965. When I was born in the hospital, they didn't tell her anything. My mom was a nurse. Mm-hmm. And she started to see that every time I cry, I will get really blue. So she decided to take me to one of the cardiologists. Of course, when I went to the first cardiologist back in 1965, everybody was like, I don't know what is this. Because in Venezuela back then, even though we have very good doctors, it was very rare. Sure. So, even here my, in the United States, it mm-hmm. was. And my mom already had her first baby born with trichospiatricia. But she didn't oh. make it, not even a month. She died oh. when she oh. Yeah, my older sister. So, I'm so sorry, Bellin. I didn't know that. You and I have yeah. been talking for weeks, but I didn't know you had a sister who didn't make it. So your poor mother was probably frantic. Yes. So she decided to take me to this cardiologist that they told her about. It. And of course... That cardiologist told her, I'm sorry, it's going to happen the same thing that happened to your other daughter. Maybe, you know, she's not going to make it. 
So, you know, she started to get all desperate, didn't know what to do. And then my father, back then, he was working for the government. And a friend of his told him about a doctor that he was a pediatrician, a cardiopediatrician, that he was like very good and knew people in the United States. My mom decided to take me there and... We didn't have a lot of kids with these things. Right. So, right. you know, it wasn't popular. I mean, sure. never been popular, but. Was it common? It so was You didn't common. see lots exactly. and lots of children. Exactly. And so you were rare. Exactly. So as soon as we met, his name is Ivan Machado. And he knew Dr. Lichman and Dr. Denton Cooley in Texas. So uh -huh. they made the arrangements. But then. They needed to have an oxygen tank in order for me to get to the airplane, right. and it wasn't permitted. Oh. So my uncle was working for the government, too. He was the doctor of the president of Venezuela. So he asked the president, please, please, that he needed his niece to go to the United States, but they needed to get that O2 tank. So finally, Delta, I will never forget, my mom always told me, Delta, that's why I love Delta. Delta said yes. And finally, they flew me there. December 24th, 1965, I was born again. Wow. And I got my surgery and I went back to Venezuela. We never, my parents and me either. I mean, no clue about Fontan, other surgeries. When you have these kind of shunts, you're supposed to have several surgeries. Right. We never knew about that because we were living in Venezuela. And my body adapted so perfectly to this shunt. I grew up with my limitations, but I grew up like a normal person. Didn't feel that, you know, that I was different. Mm-hmm. So what year was it that you came to the United States? How old were you? Well, that took me so many years because my parents were super overprotected with me. After I finished high school, I went to law school and then I went to another school. And I told my parents, I just want to go to the United States. I want to learn English. And my dad and my mom, I mean, they were afraid that I was going to move to this country by myself and I didn't have the experience how to take care of myself because my mom was my nurse. I didn't even know what I had. I knew that I had a heart condition, but what I know today, didn't have a clue how serious my situation was. Texas Heart Institute were offering us a mechanical heart and he said, no, Dad, I've had enough. Give it to someone who's worthy. My father promised me a golden dress to twirl in. He held my hand and asked me where I wanted to go. Whatever strife or conflict that we experienced in our long career together was always healed by humor. Heart to Heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests, and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna 
at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Before the break, we learned how Bellin came to the United States. I had no idea you went to law school. See, I'm learning all kinds of things about you, Bellin. You <laughs> did live a very normal life in Venezuela. Yeah, I went to law school in Venezuela, but just, I think it was for a year and a half. And it was so funny because all my life, I love art, fashion, and all that stuff. I wanted to be an actress. And my father was like, you need to study something that you will be able to work. And I said, okay, let's go ahead and take law school. But I hated it. And I remember a professor told me, Belen, this is not you. I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> so, so I told my dad, I said, you know, Dan, I want to go to the United States. I want to learn English. I promise you that I'll be there just for six months to learn English. And then I come back and then I go back to college. I promise you. Well, his partner's daughter was living in Raleigh, North Carolina. I went to NC State to study English there. So I can stay with her because I needed to be with somebody that it could take care of me. Sure. I'm telling you, Anna, when I got here to this country, I felt so free because my parents was overprotected with me, which now I understand. When you get older and you have kids, you understand, especially how my defect, it was pretty bad. But my parents never explained to me the whole thing. They didn't want me to feel different. And this is something that I really appreciate from my parents, that even that I knew that I was different, my mom always say, you can do whatever you want because you're the same. She told me, you're just special. You're different because you're special. Now, so, did you have brothers and sisters, Bellin? Yes, I have two sisters, so they're older than me, and then my younger brother, my brother lives in Panama. One of my sisters lives in Venezuela with my mom. And my other sister lives in Barcelona, Spain. Wow. So, you know, yeah. They're kind of scattered everywhere. Did you feel that your mother treated you like she treated your siblings? No. No, no, no. I oh. was the little crystal doll. Oh, you know, my goodness. I had a relationship with my mom that was unbelievable. As a matter of fact, everybody tells me that I talk, that I laugh that I act everything just like my mom. But I look like my dad. That's the weird thing. <laughs> so I have the whole combination. But, you know, <laughs> after having all these doctors that I had in Venezuela, I came here to this country and I felt great. I never had any problem. I think it was when I turned 30, I started to have the AFib and I went to a regular cardiologist. Big mistake. Didn't know about congenital heart disease. So you came to the United States. You were 21, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Yes. Did you not find a cardiologist right away because you thought you would only be here for six months? Because mm -hmm. uh, I know it was longer than six months ago that you were 21. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, you're yeah. still in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> that was my plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You planned on fooling your daddy? Yes, I did. Oh, oh Bella, I'm such um, a bad girl. I had no idea you were such a bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be the typical girl that will find a husband, that it will just take care of her. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to show I can have this, but 
I can do whatever I want. Right. So when and you came here, you knew that you wanted to stay. Did you establish care right away? No. no. Okay. Anna, I was crazy. I used to go to Venezuela every six months. So every six months, I would go and see my cardiologist. And then he retired, and then I started to see another cardiologist, which it was my electrophysiologist, EP, Dr. Ivan Mendoza. When I was 18, I had a terrible AFib, and mm-hmm. I went to a cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest at 18? Uh-huh, yeah. Well, now, I wonder why your parents were afraid to have you come to the United States. Exactly. I know. I know. Okay. I just, you know I, it's I making a lot more major. sense now, Bellin. It's okay. making a lot more sense. Okay. So you had this cardiac event at 18, 18. Decided you still wanted to come to the United States. Now, did they put a pacemaker in? No. No. Did they give no. you medication? Yeah. That's when I started to take digoxin. Okay. Yeah. And then I was taking quinine. Okay. What was that for? It's for heart palpitations. Then when I started to take the medicine and I was perfect. They told my parents she made it because the attitude that this girl has, because I was having this terrible arrhythmia and I was like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Everything will be fine. You know, just talking to all the doctors and they Mm -hmm. had me and before I pass out I was like please don't let me die I can't die because I'm still a virgin oh (laughs) Bellin you know back home back home they say this thing that you know if you die virgin then you will come out at night to a single man (laughs) what really yeah, yeah. Oh so my was gosh, like, I've never yeah. heard that before. So that's an you know, yeah. old wives' tale, right? Exactly, exactly. So okay. it was pretty funny. The doctors were just laughing. And they were like, we're trying to be serious with her, but she's making us laugh. <laughs> they told my dad, this girl is dying and she's still saying jokes and telling us stuff and all <laughs> And I'm like, well, that's me. I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> Okay, so let me stop you for a second and kind of recap because you just gave a lot of information. So (laughs) at 18, you went into AFib, you had a cardiac event, but when they gave you these new drugs, all of a sudden your heart started to behave. And that was when you were 18. So three years later, you're like, hey, I need to go learn English in the United States. But you really had a secret plan that you were immigrating to the United States. Nobody knew, probably except for everybody. Which is probably my friends. I was afraid to let you come. It wasn't really going to be for six months. You came yeah. here. You did establish care because you were going home to Venezuela every six months. Mm-hmm. And you were seeing your former cardiologist, your former electrophysiologist. Mm-hmm. But yes. then something happened. So tell me what happened. Next. Okay. When I was 30, I had a terrible AFib. And I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was already been here for, yeah, like 15 years, and I couldn't go to Venezuela. So this person recommended me, this doctor. i never been to a cardiologist here in the United States. Can you imagine the face of the cardiologist when he saw me? Oh, my gosh. And, and I couldn't understand. I'm like, why? Well, you know, you're dying. I'm like, what are you talking about that I'm dying? 
And this was in the days before the Adult Congenital Heart Association was in existence. And really, adult congenital heart care was not something that was heard about very much. You were seeing a cardiologist who probably had never seen somebody of your age. Yeah, we're talking about 1995, 94, 95. And you were already in your 30s. So that's that's a rarity. Okay, so so hopefully you got a second opinion. Yeah, so no. Well, I, I believe in him. He said, let me go ahead and I'm going to put you in amiodarone. Amiodarone? Cordarone? Uh-huh. Okay. That so was, he put you on amiodarone. Uh-huh. Did he Did still he keep put, you on the didroxin? No, he took me out of there and I was going to take 800 milligrams of amiodarone. Wow. 800 I, milligrams of amiodarone? 800 milligrams of amiodarone. Oh my gosh, Bellin. That's a lot. Plus a blood thinner. Were you never on a blood thinner before? Never, never. So you didn't ever take baby aspirin? No, no, I'm allergic to aspirin. Oh, oh my goodness. So what did he put you on? Coumadin? He put Coumadin. Oh, God bless you. Oh, my God. It was, That's not easy. That was when I moved here to Jacksonville. It was uh, 97. Okay. I moved here to Jacksonville, and I start to feel bad. I start to get, like, fever. And every time that I will go to any hospital, oh, no, you just have like a UTI. And I'm like, UTI? I mean, what is going on? So I was like, okay, well, I called my doctor in Venezuela, my EB. I'm like, dad, you know, I'm having this thing that he said, Belen, you're having endocarditis. You have to go to the hospital and you have to demand that they have to do a blood, you know, like a blood, a blood test. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But that blood culture one, mm-hmm. I had to cry and almost beg in the hospital because they didn't want to do it because any doctor advised for me to do that because they thought that I didn't have anything. But I know my body so well. Oh, when they called me within 10 minutes. You need to come to the hospital right now. Wow. And I was in the hospital for three weeks in the ICU with endocarditis. Hi, my name is Jamie Alcroft, and I just published my new book, The Tin Man Diaries. It's an amazing story of my sudden change of heart as I went through a heart and liver transplant. I can think of no better way to read The Tin Man Diaries than to cuddle up in your favorite Hearts Unite the Globe sweatshirt and your favorite hot beverage, of course, in your Hearts Unite the Globe mug, both of which are available at the Hug Podcast Network online store. Or visit heartsunitetheglobe.org. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. 
Hearts Unite the Globe is a non-profit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. You had me on the edge of my seat, so now you're in the ICU for three weeks with endocarditis. I'm sure those lab techs were in a panic when they saw the white blood cell count or red blood cell count or whatever it is that cued them in to the fact that you had endocarditis. That is really, really scary. Can you tell me what happened with that? Did you have any lasting repercussions from it? Well, yes. I was there three weeks. And after three weeks, I have to be with a pig line with some antibiotics for Mm. six more weeks. And it was terrible. At that moment, I was dating who is my husband right now. Mm -hmm. We were just starting to date. And I told him, I said, I'm sorry, I'm a sick person. I understand if you want to break up with me. He was like, no, you're crazy. (laughs) No, now I really want to marry you because I want to take care of you. Oh, my God. My mom said, if you don't marry him, I will. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, Mom, don't worry. I'm going to marry him. I'm not going to let him go. But then after that, I was doing okay with it. I passed the endocarditis. After the endocarditis, they introduced me to the University of Florida, the people in St. Vincent's, mm-hmm. because they were starting the program of the adult congenital and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I started to see an electrophysiologist in the University of Florida mm-hmm. called Dr. Randall Bryant, mm-hmm. and he was a pediatrician. Okay. I was seeing a pediatric cardiologist. Mm-hmm. And because they were into the process of getting the adult congenital doctors and all that. Right. And finally, I met the love of my life, uh, <laughs> Dr. Saidi. She's and, just amazing. Uh, and she oh. really understands the difference yes. between adults with congenital heart defects, especially adults with complex congenital yes. heart defects, yeah. versus the peds. And it's different being a pediatric patient. So yeah. you got really lucky. To have the, the, the weird thing it was that when we met, she was like, you need to use oxygen. You need to do this and you need to do that because she's very straight. And I'm like, why is this doctor telling me that I have to do all this stuff that I never done? I think I need another doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And they decide that let's go ahead and do a cath. And that was, Anna, when my life totally changed after that cath. That's when my eyes and anger got out of control. It was like suddenly I just started to feel like I couldn't walk. And for almost four years, I was having a life that I started to feel sorry for myself, like it wasn't me. Yeah. Because my body was changing. Sure. So, you know, I didn't feel the way that I felt before. And I couldn't accept that. Until you accept that what you have, it is what it is, you're never going to be happy. I was so lucky to meet Dr. Saidi and that she had taught me so many things and she introduced me to this adult congenital heart association and then I went to the transplant 
at uh, University of Florida. After I went to all the transplant tests, everything that is very hard. Mm-hmm. It is really hard. They just called me on the phone. The transplant doctor just told me, oh, you don't qualify because your liver is messed up too. You know, I'm like, surprised that they even considered you because all of my friends who have had Isomanger syndrome were told they could not have a heart transplant without having a heart and lung transplant due to the damage that was done to their lungs. Well, that's what they were going to do. They were going to do oh. heart and lungs. Oh, my goodness. But then they said, no, you're a no-go because your liver has damage. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So So you would have needed a heart, liver, and lungs. Exactly. And that was when Dr. Saidi stopped coming here to Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. So I met somebody at the conference that he was living in Jacksonville. Now we are best friends. And he told me that he was going to the Mayo Clinic. Uh And I decided to try and see, you know, another opinion. Mm -hmm. So I went there and fell in love with the Mayo Clinic. Okay. And uh, my pulmonologist, I love my pulmonologist. My new EP is very good. That's why I had an ablation because they were trying to fix my, my AFib, right. my atrial fibrillation. But, you know, unfortunately, it didn't work. They controlled the flutter, but I didn't get the atrial fibrillation out of my system. So now we're fighting with uh, new pills and I'm in AFib all the time. It's hard. You're in AFib all the time? All the time. And they can't fix it with a pacemaker or an ICD or there's no kind of external device that they can put in that would help your heart to stay in normal rhythm? No. They were thinking about the pacemaker, but the problem is because of my eyes and manger to put me in for surgery is the anesthesia is very, very dangerous for me. Sure, sure. So it is what it is. And I just try to live my life. I know my limitations. The only bad thing that I regret about how my life changed, and you're going to laugh about it, is that I love to dance. And I can't. I dance a little bit, but then I have to stop. Mm. But this is the only thing that, for me, it is really bad but right now my life has changed because you remember that I told you about my foundation right and we only have a couple minutes left let's tell everybody about your foundation and why you started it and how they can get some information about it I started about a month ago and it's for children with congenital heart defect in Venezuela my country so I imagine the name is a Spanish name. Yes, which is a Estrellita de Belén. That, that means little star of Bethlehem. Aww. Because that's you know, my cardiologist that he just passed last uh, April. That's what he used to call me because he used to say that I was a miracle. We started this and it's been a challenge. I have a lot of happiness, but a lot of sadness too we just have a girl that i had tetralogy of a lot we help her to pay for the surgery and unfortunately because of the situation in venezuela she didn't make it so she passed I'm sorry. so it's, it, it is really hard but that gives me a lot of strength to keep going and keep fighting for these kids that they don't yeah. have the opportunity 
Right now, I have an Instagram account called Fundación Estrellita de Belén. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So okay. people who don't know how to spell it, like me, <laughs> can okay. just go to that link. And I imagine the whole page is in Spanish, though, right? Do you have no, an no, English no. translated page? No, the one in Facebook is in English. It's okay. bilingual. Okay. What I'm doing right now, I'm putting everything together. Now we have a little boy that he has a quotation of the order. Okay. And he needs the surgery. And we're going to start to do some raffles. I will be putting all that in Facebook. And then they can follow me and you don't have to look sick. That that's where I started the whole thing. And I met wonderful people. Because I have this thing that I said, no matter how bad you can feel, you don't have to look sick. You always have to look fabulous. <laughs> See, you should have gone into fashion or design. And I can say this with some authority because Belen is also working with me. She is going to be helping me to launch a brand new podcast in 2021 that will be all in Spanish. And we have been having Zoom meetings and I have seen her room and I see her shoes. I'm lucky enough. I have seen many of her shoes. I don't know that I've seen a whole lot more than that. I've seen some of your clothes, but I have seen your shoes. Girl, you are a fashionista. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I do a lot of funny stuff. I document when I go to the doctor and I always find the funny thing to say or to have a good attitude about the whole thing. Right. So, That's what I love about you, Belle. And you are like a ray of sunshine. Thank you. Thank you. And I love the little star of Bethlehem. That's such a sweet reference. Mm. Bellin, our time is up already. I cannot oh. believe it. Can you? No, oh, I can't believe it. It's it so nice. way too fast. Well, this was so yeah. much fun. And I am looking forward to learning more Spanish so I can understand what you say on your podcast. <laughs> 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 but maybe I could have you back on Heart to Heart with Anna in English so we could talk some more because, girl, you have a lot to share. And just listening to the two stories, you just wrenched my heart. The one little girl who didn't make it. And now I want to have you back on in six months or so so we can see if the little boy with the coarctation has made it and mm -hmm. if he's doing okay. Because, wow, this is just such an important mission that you have. Yeah. And I'm so pleased that you want to work with me as well and to help me promote more awareness of congenital heart disease in Spanish. To me, that's just so important. And I am not fluent in Spanish. So I'm dependent on people like you and Marta Montero and Rosie Daniel and Jennifer Iguina. We have a mm -hmm. lovely core group, don't we, of ladies yes. to work with. And hopefully we'll get some men involved as well and yes. have even more people involved. But right now, I'm really excited. And if you're interested in being part of this Spanish language podcast, do find me on Facebook or on Twitter or on LinkedIn and send me a note or find Bellin because now we'll have her links in the show notes as well. But I have to say thank you one more time, my friend. Thank you for coming on the program. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. It, it was a lot of fun. It was a yeah. lot of fun. And that does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today, my friends. If you enjoyed this episode, would you please like the episode or make a comment or write a review on whatever platform you're using? Those reviews help other people to know if this is a program that they want to listen to. Because remember, my friends, you are not alone. 
Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. 